electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC, Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Pretty steady pre-market despite that historically bad quarter and guide from Intel last night. Meantime, the data today, fairly constructive. Core PCE, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, the slowest annual rise in a year and a half. VIX is below 19. Our roadmap begins with uh, Intel's no good, very bad quarter. Pat Gelsinger saying the company has, quote, stumbled. Plus, feeling the activist heat, Salesforce announcing the appointment of three new independent directors. And then there's Chevron sinking ahead of the open, missing on the bottom line, but record revenue. And, of course, more color around the buyback. We're going to break down that quarter. Start with Intel, though, tumbling after that fourth quarter miss and warning of a loss in the current quarter as the company grapples with weakness in the PC market and slowing growth in data center. Here's Pat Gelsinger's assessment of the quarter on last night's call. We stumbled. Right. We lost share. We lost momentum. We think that stabilizes this year and we're going to be building a roadmap that allows us to regain leadership for the long long term in this critical market. Uh, don't miss an interview with Gelsinger later this morning on Tech Check at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Jim, everybody's pointing to that gross margin guide. Yeah, well, I reiterate he's one of the nicest people I know. All right. So a couple of some really some fabulous stuff here from people who really aren't that funny. Um, Stacy Raskin I comes on all the time, very poorly dressed from Bernstein. And he says, we have written the phrase worst earnings report in our history of covering this company at, on more than one occasion over the last couple of years. But this time we really mean it. I love that. They go, um, to, they go to 20. Yeah. Rosenblatt. Here's a good one. Sell goes to 17. No words can portray or explain the historic collapse of Intel with management attempting to blame a worst-ever PC inventory digestion dynamic and macro China enterprise to over an over 20% quarter-over-quarter decline in sales. Uh, okay, so at one point in this country, U.S. Steel was the premier steelmaker. Along came a company that was smarter, better, faster, cleaner. Its name is Nucor. We don't think of U.S. Steel as a major producer of steel. We think of Nucor, which is the largest. And if I... Uh, were a uh, a crowing person like and Lisa Sue isn't, I would say, okay, we're Nucor and they're U.S. Steel, letter X. So Intel's irrelevant here. No, but it is. Uh, there's a moment on the call I want to get. I think people missed it, where uh, a very good. They have a really good CFO, David Sinzer, not a nice guy. Okay, just a good guy, and he's asked about the dividend, and he goes. We are committed to maintaining a competitive dividend. All right. Their dividend yield is 4.8. The S&P's yield is 1.9. So is he actually implying what I think, which is that we're committed to cutting the dividend? <laughs> so, um, you know, and the conference call was it, it was kind of unreal because uh, after that, the quote uh, that Gelsinger gave about the outline, he's talking about things that they really can't accomplish, I believe. I don't think they can build what he says they can build. I don't think what they can make what he says they can make. He's been the apostle for uh, getting government money. Uh, and 
I don't want to say the course is embarrassing because they bought, you know, a couple of CEOs ago, they bought Mobileye. And Mobileye really is. Which actually got some uh, decent commentary this morning, which we'll get to later. But w- what about the notion that, all right, China reopens and this is the reset of all resets? Will you buy well, that? If, if Lisa Su from AMD or Jensen Wong from, uh, from NVIDIA would say it, I'm, there's some chance. But I don't think anyone thinks, even for the, the so-called good guys, the guys who are really good, that there's any hope that this, uh, that the inventory correction will be over by the, second, by the middle. Now, there was some great comments from Tim Archer, uh, Lamb Research CEO, capital equipment maker, where he said, look, uh, the DRAMs could. Uh, and he does think that there'll, there'll be that 2023 is the bottom. I agree with that, not just because China uh, is coming back online, but because there's just so few chips that are being built because there's so little capital equipment being bought. That's really the indicator of where the things be good. But the, the different nanometer uh, projections that Gelsinger makes are he just shouldn't have done it. I just think you shouldn't have done it. Why? Why put set, set yourself up? Uh, because I don't think when we hear from Lisa Sue next week, mm-hmm. we're going to get anywhere near the report like that. Uh, and remember, he's not anywhere, although he would tell you he is, in the real high-performance chips. That's now NVIDIA and AMD. Right. And I'm, look, you can't go on a call and say we're, we're, um, we're getting beat out. You know, they're crushing us. You can't do that. Uh, but don't tell me that you can leapfrog other companies that have really gotten ahead of you. Just don't say it. Just deliver. Don't say you will. <laughs> Why set yourself up? Well, it's going to be interesting to see how he frames this uh, later on this morning. Uh, their gross margin guide, by the way, which sub 40 is not, no one was looking for that. That's right. 10 points below AMDs. Look, in the old days of Andy Grove, it was 62. Okay, that's what you got. Occasionally you got 63. That was the holy grail. They knew how to build, you know, build all over the world. Uh, I don't. I don't question the reliability of their chips, but they're much further behind the roadmap that uh, AMD has set. And throughout the call, there is a notion of equivalence to AMD. And that's just not fair anymore. And by the way, at one point they talk about NVIDIA. I mean, NVIDIA is doing things that, that no one, you know, the whole chat, AI chat is built on NVIDIA. And, you know, Jensen showed it to me when I was out there, when I, you know, I was talking to myself and myself was a lot smarter than me. And I didn't realize that I was talking to an artificial intelligence version of myself while I sat in the eighth row of the Globe Theater and listened to a a Shakespearean actor. I mean, and then I painted a Matisse. I mean, Intel ain't painting no Matisse. (laughs) Right. It sounds like you don't think the rest of the space deserves to trade lower today. Um, No. I think that's a mistake. I, I do think, look, there's an inventory correction, which is why AMD fell from 170 to 70. Uh, PCs have not come back. There is a discussion about whether PCs are going to go more than um, uh, down 19. There's people who say it's going to be down 25. Uh, that would be really disastrous, but it, it could be happening. I know that there's not as much demand for high-performance computing uh, than there was. I mean, a lot of that is you know, how much cloud. I mean, do, you know, is Amazon Web Services expanding as much as they were? If they were, I'm disappointed. You know, enough is enough. After Azure's decline in rate of growth, right. decline rate of growth, then I think even high-performance computing is going to be challenged. Huh. That's interesting. Well, we, we keep talking about seat count at companies and demand among consumers. 
Uh, speaking of which, uh, this uh, preferred measure of inflation from of the Fed's uh, PCE today, ahead of next week's two-day policy meeting, did match expectations of three-tenths from the previous month, up 4-4 year-on-year, and that cools off from November levels. Meantime, consumer spending down two-tenths, income up two-tenths. Uh, uh, savings rate, Jim, actually goes up a little bit. Was it 2.9, now 3.4? Well, I think you have to rely on American Express. You can run MasterCard and Visa, which is their usual, but they don't have any risk. They don't take any risk. And American Express put up numbers that shows that people are traveling like man. Uh, the restaurants are the big winners. Travel's still not back to where it was in 2019. But, you know, even millennials, they're not spending what I thought they would spend. And yet they're spending when they spend, they spend with American Express. It's not just they like the points. We don't want to be facetious. But American Express guided higher. The analysts simply didn't believe. Squeery. They just didn't believe. And now they have egg, which, by the way, are very expensive. All over their faces. Expensive eggs all over their faces. <laughs> if, if they can find them. Yeah, I mean, Steve is like, you know, when you talk to Steve, uh, who is, by the way, rooting for the Eagles this weekend, which I, I congratulate him. What you realize is that, that people still are not back. We're still not going long-haul travel. Uh, millennials are the preferred. The American Express, these are lifetime people. People feel that American Express is for fuddy-duddies. Millennials love the, I, they love the points. Yeah. My wife loves the points we because I, I never knew we had points. It was <laughs> kind of like a lot of Bergdorf stuff. Um, he did say, uh, and I'm quoting here, Squarey, we're not seeing recessionary signals. No. They do think uh, credit metrics will rise, but not back to pre-COVID levels. Yeah, and one of the things that bothers me, you're going to hear a lot of stupid analysts. I'm sorry, here's some ill-advised analysts who are going to talk about how they, they've taken, they, they've now set up for more uh, uh, charges they have to take later in the year. Well, when you do more growth, you have to model more charges. But they, the analysts just keep thinking that this is MasterCard or Visa, which have no, no risk whatsoever. Congratulations, Al Kelly. He's moving on. It was a great quarter. He finished with it over at Visa. But the airlines are still not back. And people are, people are traveling. Uh, but there is the actual spend on goods only up 8%. So maybe that's in keeping with the PCA. Mm-hmm. But, you know. American Express is up a lot today because Steve Squarey has been underestimated endlessly. And it is driving me nuts he's so good as an operator. What about the notion that, all right, um, uh, is a good quarter, but it's a luxury story after LVMH yesterday, second consecutive year of record sales and profit? I mean, is it is it a matter of the rich have the money? That's where no, we are? No, it, it's Chevron that's making that works for the rich people. Mike Worth. Just kidding. Uh, but no, I think it's pretty across the board. Uh, I do think that millennials like to go out to have dinner a lot because the dinner numbers, I don't, I never thought they could move the needle. Right. And Boy, the, are and, they profitable? And, and, and cross Who's? And after MasterCard's cross border uh, guidance uh, yesterday, right? MasterCard's doing so well. Meebox really good. He's very real, the CEO of MasterCard. And by the way, their CFO is very real. Congratulations. He's got a board seat. And, uh, and Salesforce, a lot of activity in the, the uh, credit card area. I really like the kind of things where if you look at the actual American Express number, you have to add back uh, some money that they spent on some uh, venture capital products that have to print 30, 23 cents. Uh, add that back because that's how much they put into some of these venture capital uh, fintechs that are not doing as well as we thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I left out the word arrogant fintech. I have to apologize. Arrogant fintechs. 
Uh, I'm looking at my executive producer. Nothing that I've said does he think even remotely funny. <laughs> so he must have, he must be worried about the Niners. I don't know what's he's just. The not, last, I'm, the, I'm giving him some real zingers, and he doesn't care. The last thing I'll put on uh, on AXP was the tax rate, 16%. Uh, There's some out there saying low-quality beat. No? Low-quality <laughs> They wish they could beat. I wish I could beat with that low-quality. This was just an Look, they don't even have – they don't have anywhere near what was going on in 2019 in this country, and they are making this much money? Look, it is the card – no, look, this is all go back to the idea that American Express is something that was of the old days. And it turns out that that's old people trying to figure out what their kids are doing. But they obviously the kids don't pay their bills. The kids don't give them to the parents. Yes. They're paying the bills themselves. Yes. I am blown away by how much people want to go out to dinner. <laughs> I got to get back in the restaurant business. It was killer. I, I, you, Holy you cow. Probably should get back oh, in. my. No cash. Remember, they don't use cash anymore. By the way, Jim, did, did, you, uh, did you happen to look at the New York Times crossword puzzle this morning? Squawk on the street. Squawk on the street error is the clue. Yes. And a four-letter four answer is? CNBC. CNBC. Yeah. It's about time. We've been on for what? It's good. Good that, that they is have good. it. That's when you know you're in the zeitgeist, yeah. don't you and, think? But the, the business section, I always felt it used to be much more nitty-gritty. It's got more zeitgeist. I, I prefer nitty-gritty because you can make more money with nitty-gritty than zeitgeist. Although, I, they did not vilify Mike Worth, the CEO of Chevron. Where is that? Yeah, we're going to talk. Can I just say that Mike Worth is not a silver spoon guy and the people who own the shares are not rich people. And I really, I personally resent it, but what way does it It's uncalled It was a big story yesterday and another today with their print. We'll get a closer look at Chevron. Record annual profit a day after announcing that $75 billion share uh, buyback. Uh, we'll talk about that and some of their guidance on production uh, for the coming year. Take a look at the pre-market. Not moving a whole lot on the Dow in the wake of some of these earnings and the data. We got more coming, though, later today with Pending Homes and Umich. Don't go away. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big-picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Chevron's moving lower in the pre-market. Company misses on the bottom line, but does post a revenue beat in the fourth quarter. Annual profit more than doubling to a record $36.5 billion on an adjusted basis, thanks to high oil prices. Of course, that comes a day after they announced that $75 billion repurchase program. Right. Jim, and you did talk to Mike Worth. Well, I mean, I just talk to Mike all the time, and I do think that what you have to recognize, the cash return to shareholder stock price and dividend reinvestment 
for this is a period of a longer period. We look at tenure. Chevron is eighty-one dollars. Uh, Exxon fifty-seven dollars. Shell seven dollars thirty-four cents. BP three dollars and eighty-three cents. So you have to look at a little longer term. Uh, there were some issues involving uh, some accrual, some expense involving stock that aren't that important. Uh, in twenty eleven, when oil was ten dollars higher, uh, the company was making a ton of money, but nowhere near what they're making now. So let's let's just focus on the fact that it's extraordinary how much their money money they're making now versus what they're making with uh, oil dramatically higher, and I think that's important too. It's a, it's a mod, you know look these I think the analysts were reacting to a modest uh, beat of the last few quarters. So I don't want anyone to think that this is the time to sell. I know that it was up huge yesterday, but. Yeah. This company is doing so well. I mean, it really is. It's by far doing better than all. It's also spending more money on carbon, uh, on decarbonizing. When I said that the president seemed to be unfair, look, I think the Mike would be willing to sit down with anybody in the White House to talk about how we need, if we we're allowed to have more pipelines, uh, if we we're a little more, um, let's say, give to get. Uh, then they would produce even more. But they're, produ- they're going to produce a million. Uh, barrels from the Permian soon. And just you know, 10 years ago, we were producing 5 million in the whole country. And this one company is producing a million. I mean, they're a very, very impressive company. So let's not uh, let's not hit them for the quarter. The quarter's on them. Right. They did say um, they see production flat this year at $80 Brent. Uh, and they did reiterate they intend to be a steady buyer of, uh, of their shares across cycles. Uh, do you think it's, do you think the buyback means it takes anything out of the production? No, I, I think that they are spending a huge amount of money, more than anyone else, to produce. And by the way, they bought Noble not that long ago, and they are really spending a lot of money overseas. They have a big natural gas uh, field off of Israel, the largest in the world, and they're spending a lot of money for that. That was a Noble product. Uh, you know, I think that the analysts had a hard time modeling this quarter. Uh, they also, remember, they did surpass their all-time high earnings and free cash flow by a mile, uh, even though oil was $10 uh, lower. And, you know, look, they're making $35, $35.5 billion. Now, let, let, let's for, just for a second talk about what the president is saying. Uh, the shares are largely, Warren Buffett owns a lot, it's Berkshire Hathaway, but you can own Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, they're owned by all the typical index funds. And there really is nothing to the idea that it's a wealthy person's or uh, company, or that the uh, CEOs from it and this, this management team is making a lot more. And I thought that was a cheap shot. Just a cheap shot. This is what uh, Cecilia Rouse said about all of this uh, yesterday on Closing Bell. Take a listen. The issue with Chevron's buyback is they made record profits. They could choose to invest that. We know we have big challenges in energy going forward. They could choose to invest that. Instead, they chose to do stock buybacks. Well, that's you know how many look there. Theirs is growing, compound annual growth rate of about six percent, which is amazing. They're spending more and more. Uh, they had a little bit less last year, but there was there were reasons that having to do with some contracts, some countries 
uh, Indonesia that they had a problem with. But er- if everyone produced like Chevron versus, say, the Permian companies where they're not bothering to grow. I mean, my chapel trust owns Devon and owns Pioneer. If you look at what they're spending versus what the users spend, and I like their, their dividend, it, it's just nowhere near. Mm-hmm. But Chevron doesn't have that policy. Right. Chevron is a giant spender on growth. It just seems that, they, that it's more nuanced than the White House thinks is what I'm saying. I'm not saying the White House doesn't know what it's doing. They've got a lot of good people. I am saying that they're picking on the wrong one. and They just are. And Chevron is, is spending a fortune looking in, in a, at a time when it costs so much. To, the service companies charge so much. Right. Uh, so Chevron's a bad example. And they want to buy back stock, but they would, they're putting a gigantic amount to work. Really gigantic. Uh, interesting. And while I'm glad we had to touch, uh, we touched on that gas, now 73% off the August high. Right, and there they are produce, uh, digging crazily to produce natural gas off the, in the Mediterranean that is for Europe. And you could argue they shouldn't be doing any of it with this price. But no, they're, they're full bore off of Israel. Yeah. And that's not gas for Europe. Uh, so I just think that they, you can argue, well, why don't they stop that? Why are they doing that? Why did they bump their decarbon from seven to ten billion? Why are they the second largest producer of recycle of uh, recycled oil? Why did, this was the wrong one? There are companies that are not producing as much as they should. Yes, buybacks. You don't like a buyback? Well, I don't know. Every money manager in the world likes money. What's he supposed to do? <laughs> right. Is it a charity? Is Chevron a chair? I think there's some, wanna, there's some element that they have a responsibility it's beyond. It's a publicly yeah, traded company. I, yes. I mean, we could take over all the companies. We could nationalize. We could go with a Leninist policy of shooting all the CEOs. That never, that did not work. I just want to say for the record, didn't work. Didn't work. Kramer's Mad Dash and the opening bell coming up in just a few moments. Take a final look at futures on this Friday. We're back in a minute. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. It's time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Yeah, I really want to highlight a piece by Bernstein. They upgrade McCormick. This is the spice company. And I had them on last night, Lawrence Curtius, and everything that could go wrong went wrong last year. They had supply chain problems, uh, input cost pressures. They also had some very tough comparison problems with China, uh, opening new plants. And I'm telling you that this, this stock is at a level that reflects nothing that's good in a very good company, whether it be Frank's uh, hot sauce, whether it's the uh, Mexican uh, hot sauce, 
or French's mustard, which if you go to the supermarket, it's just aisle. They've got they've done so much. And I just really like this stock, especially if you think there's going to be any slowdown in the economy. This is the one to buy of the food stocks because it's down so low. Not Colgate, which is a you know, consumer product company that just did an OK job. Yep. McCormick is really it's set up. Uh, it's so hated that I think you got to take a shot at it. That's interesting. Uh, Colgate pricing up 12 in the quarter, and volumes fell a couple of points. There's some pushback, but 12 points of price. Yeah, I, I just, Colgate mystifies me. Now, I knew, I should have realized my Ollie's uh, discount that they had a lot of Colgate stuff for sale. I want to point out, I might want to be wary of Decker. Section so that you're probably going to end up seeing those at Ollie's or TJX, which my child just knows I really like here. Uh, the, the mean people continue to think that, that Bed Bath is a stock. Yep. Um, there's the opening bell, by the way, in the CNBC Real Time Exchange of the Big Board. It's TXO Energy Partners, formerly known as Morningstar Partners, celebrating their listing at the NASDAQ uh, Quantasing, a Chinese online learning service provider, recently went public on the exchange. Uh, Jim, you mentioned Bed Bath and the, and the default notice. Uh, Silvergate today suspending a Series A preferred dividend. The BuzzFeed uh, mini meme action yesterday on their yeah, chat, I mean, or the OpenAI news. You know, on the anniversary of the craziness uh, a couple years ago, uh, I'm be careful. You know, Silvergate's got a, lo- got a loan from a uh, federal agency. I don't know how much trouble Silvergate's really in, but I don't want to be in it, obviously. Uh, the crypto world, I think crypto's being manipulated higher. I've been saying that. I have no problem saying it. Four weeks four weeks of gains for, yeah. for Bitcoin, well, uh, best month know, in a year and a half. We know that Sam Bankman-Friedman was able to manipulate. Free, he just moved it up, and it's a very small market, and it can be... There's uh, John Stark used to be at the SEC, 18 years enforcement. Great follow or follow on Twitter would tell you over and over again that it's just being manipulated. And you no, know, it's look, it's an unregulated market. So it's a, kind of like a Jay Gould uh, Gilded Age market where you're oh, let's just go corner the market. Let's go ask President Grant to, to sell gold to eliminate this, these, the squeeze. I mean, they do whatever they want, and that's what you get when you just, when you defeat Gensler the uh, chairman of the SEC, because you constantly say, are you standing in the way of innovation? Then, you know, look, you're going to be, you're in a market that is so easily manipulated that you got to at least accept it. I I don't even think there's anything wrong with saying it. If you're going to have an unregulated market, why can't you manipulate it? There's no, you know, what, what is, there's no SEC. Right. But it's okay. I mean, look, I, you can bet, you can bet and you can say, you know what? Uh, people are saying that Elijah Mitchell's not going to play and so for the Niners, and so therefore maybe you should get three, but it's two and a half. You can spread whatever you want. I mean, that's, the, that's that market. You can spread that, that McCaffrey's not playing and then you know, take a new line. And there's of, no, like, no one's going to say, hey, you it, can't do that. It reminds me of this piece in the journal today regarding Tesla options, which account for 7% of options on any given day, often at, at, at prices that are... Almost lotto-like, Jim. Uh, I, I thought that was incredible. And people have to be careful. Or maybe this is just spare money. You know, you know since you mentioned Tesla, go back to that conference call versus the, the old conference calls just made fun of the analysts. And, and they were hysterically, you know, they were just comical. It's great. 
The new conference calls are perhaps the most thought out of almost anyone's conference call, maybe Fabrizio Freitas from Estee Lauder. I mean, it's remarkable because he goes, he just ticks down a raw costs, yes. uh, uh, competitive costs, uh, battery, battery power. I mean, it's the, the thorough nature and the seriousness with which he takes the process now is amazing. You mean Musk? Musk is yeah. very, he's a rigorous thinker. We always knew he was, but he had such contempt for others. I mean, now he's either got the contempt in check or he realizes, you know what? I got I have to play the game. Right. And he's well, it, it, remarkable. Well, maybe that option game uh, is, uh, illustrates why, for example, Adam Jonas at Morgan Stanley yesterday updates his bear case of $70 and his bull case of $390. Right. Well, Jonas is, uh, as we said at law school, sui generis. I've never seen anyone like Jonas uh, because he's got a flair, right? I mean, he's got a flair. It's, look at me. Look at me. I'm an analyst. Look at me. I'm over here. I mean, no one really does that. Uh, he's, uh, how's, he, how's he doing with Live Nation and Ticketmaster? <laughs> he should testify. He should say, listen, I'm not... My tickets aren't selling for him. You know, you've got to be, look, he is, he's funny. He has a buy on quantum scheme. That's, remember, that's David's favorite, mm-hmm. Jack Deal. Yes, yes. But I, I just do think that there is a notion of, of lotto to a lot of what of Tesla's doing. Right. And yet, at the same time, if you listen to what Musk is saying, you should just own the common stock. Own the common stock. He is making that whole call was about Ford, GM, you want to come in? Let me tell you what this world is like. And not only that, Jim Farley with your Mach-E, you better cut prices. It was so interesting because it was so Henry Ford-like without the... Um, yes, don't, yeah. don't, don't. No, I'm not going yet. <laughs> it, it's so Henry Ford. And now the question is, is he going to commoditize his, his car so it's not that special? I want to know what... I think we really have to focus on this, uh, the truck to see what it does with the F-150. Now, the F-150 is kind of obviated the need for Generac because you can just plug in your whole house, thank heavens. Look, I mean, we go through these upgrades and downgrades. The one that I thought was most harsh and wrong, we got a downgrade of Ralph Lauren today. Mm. They are doing the best of anyone in apparel. I mean, what is that all about? We had some people who just... Geez, I wish they'd do more homework. Yep. Um, that's, there's down 4%. And a pretty good tape for consumer names, especially travel names today, Jim. Visa, we've already mentioned, but even uh, Caesars, Carnival, they're all going to lead the S&P at the open. Well, people, people are traveling. We know that from Visa. We certainly, Visa's call, Al Kelly, great job. Uh, but we, you know, again, you can go, I refer everyone to American Express to understand the big change in not buying hard goods. By the way, if you want to link that to the problems with Intel, they're not buying anything that's electronic. And, and some of that does indeed involve Intel. Uh, when you go over Intel, I would have liked it if I were Pat. I would have preferred to say, look, it is true that others have gotten ahead of us. Uh, we're going to have to spend a huge amount of money. Uh, perhaps we may not be able to maintain the dividend. We have $28 billion in cash, so it's not a problem. But the problem is getting the machines. Like, can we get in line for a LAM machine, for KLA, for ASMLF? The problem is it's just not that easy to go back to the way we were with foundries. And that would have been more responsible. That would have been a more responsible call to explain the gating factor about why you just can't do two nanometer and leapfrog. He used to talk about leapfrog. Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, why? Pat, no. We're bad. I mean, what you want to do if you're Pat 
is you want to be a little more like Frank Wright, the new coach at the Panthers, who says, listen, we don't have the horses yet, but and it's gonna, we're not going to be able to do it overnight. And David Tepper was my boss at one point, Goldman. But I'm just saying that they do it in the NFL much better. You don't go out on a conference call and say, look, I know that we're in last place, but look out. Next <laughs> year, we're in the Super Bowl. You just don't do it. And it hurts his credibility. It hurts his credibility. Well, we'll see if he frames it any differently this morning. I think he's going to disagree with my dividend analysis, but I really want him to look at what his CFO said when he said, well, we will offer a competitive dividend. I thought that was code for we don't we don't do four point eight. We can get it down to one point nine. He will disagree with that vehemently. But I have to take the words of Zinzer, very serious CFO, rigorous CFO, to mean that that dividend may not be as safe as you think. Interesting. Uh, it is the worst performing Dow name. Best Dow name is AXP and Visa, followed by right. CRM, Jim. I know you. Well, I, look, this. I think the problem with CRM is I don't believe that I actually know that they didn't consult with Elliott. On, so, these, on yeah. these new directions. So I think that Elliott can't be all that happy. I know that Elliott is very tech-centric. I think they were hoping that some they would get some tech people on. Uh, I love Arnold Donnelly. You know, he's from the cruise business. Uh, they got, uh, obviously, uh, Mara is from the credit card business. That's, again, MasterCard's very technologically oriented. Uh, A.J. Bonga set that up, but I don't think that's necessarily what they wanted. A value-act guy is a financial guy. Where are the tech people? And I think Elliot was once tech people. Uh, no, actually, I know that. And what will happen is there'll be a clash. Will it be a Titanic clash? I don't know. What people don't think to realize is that Mark Benioff, besides having a great product, is not a fighter. He's a person of great reason. So if you appeal to reason, I think you're going to find that Mark's going to go with it. Uh, People think that somebody's going to duke it out. He actually, I mean, you know, Jeff Smith, for instance, uh, at Starboard, he thinks Jeff's view is terrific. He welcomes input, and it's not for show. He doesn't say, I welcome input, sure. and then, you know, text me. I, I hate these guys. So you it's think, not like that. You, you think any activist interaction at Salesforce will be less combative than, say, Disney? That's, yes, I do. Yeah, that's a great example where I think there's no meeting of the minds whatsoever between Nelson Peltz and, and, and Bob Iger. I think that Mark will listen very closely to what Elliot has to say and say, listen, if you've got good people with technology, I am happy to, to uh, augment my board. Look, he got rid of Alan Hassenfeld, had been there very long. Sandy Robertson, you know, Rob, you know, a titan, but had been there very long. And I just think that people miss, they don't understand Mark at all. Mark wants to make a lot of money for people and he wants to do it right. And if you present someone who's terrific or even several who are terrific, Mark is going to take it. Now, Laura Albert was appointed, and I think she's amazing. She was William Sonoma. But once again, you can say, William Sonoma? I mean, do we need a real good furniture person? But what they don't realize, Laura Albert is a very keen mind. But I think that they were looking for someone with more technology. Sure. They don't realize that Laura Albert's put some incredible technology to work in the furniture business. I think that they want a tech person. That's good analysis. Jim, I want to get you on the labor market because next week's going to be very busy. Uh, oh, employment cost index, ADP, jolts, jobs Friday. We're looking for 175. Uh, I don't know if you saw Robert Half last night, a big temp company, contracts down six in December. Um, we, but, the journal with the piece on the work week shortening. See, but I come back and say CVS and Walmart are going to cut pharmacy hours 
as staffing squeeze continues. I saw that too. And let's not forget about the burrito season. Is the, at Chipotle. 15, you're, you're fascinated people. by Chipotle's well, because 15, I don't think when you're, when you're laid off, let's say you're laid off from Alphabet, you, I don't think you're really immediately going to go into the burrito business because you were making 500000 And I, look, there's no place more competitive in, in terms of pay than Chipotle. But it's just not the people who work. And Chipotle, by the way, has made many people millionaires who've worked at, at, at Chipotle. But it's just the, the, the skill set. You know, if you went to Stanford for for comp sci, you know, you're going to get the job at Ray. No, understood. But I did tweet out a, a table this morning um, looking at the number of mentions of labor shortages and job cuts on earnings calls. And they're they're flipping. They're flipping. They are. Right now. They are. Uh, and a lot of the job. Look, you mentioned uh, Goodyear Tire. Hasbro. Hasbro. I mean, Hasbro. Jeez, Hasbro's been doing so, so badly for so long. Uh, and these places are so overstaffed, but it, it is the valley. It's Silicon Valley. It's and like I said the other day, the first cut's not the deepest. These how can Alphabet fire the exact number of people that it hired last year in and one not quarter more? alone? Right, not more. Right. Yeah, I mean, when is Jassy going to wake up to the fact that people are not buying like they did, and he's staffed for the pandemic for heaven's sake? I mean, Mark laid off a lot of people at Salesforce, but I could argue they bought Tableau. Uh, they they um, they paid a lot of money for Slack, and I think that Elliot might say, you know what? Do we really need these? Now, Slack is difficult to deintegrate because, and also it's against Microsoft Teams. But I think that there's going to be a bit of a tussle. I think Mark's going to listen. I think you would argue very strongly that that Slack's necessary. But I don't don't bet on the idea that Elliot's going to come in there and say, you know what? We're thrilled. But don't bet on the idea that Mark scorched earth. Right. We have had some folks on our air argue that Alphabet gives Tim Cook license to announce some cutbacks of his own. And we'll be hearing from them soon. I think that's true. Uh, you know, that's the one company whose stock hasn't plummeted. It's the one company that's very consumer focused, not enterprise focused. And uh, it's, it's not being charged by the government to do anything with that government case is so pernicious because it really questions the core business of what Google does, which is help small business get customers. And uh, that's what they do. I mean, anyone who's used them as a small business knows they're really good. And Google is an enemy of the people, not unlike Mike Worth from Chevron being really just for the wealthy. I mean, these are the kinds of things that we really would not expect even from an old time Democrat. I think the president's been plain from the beginning that he was yeah, going to he, he was going to push the pendulum well, from capital into back to labor even more. Well, I, I know that that if there was a picture of Mike Worth and and the president together, it would compromise his uh, Don Quixote position on windmills. <laughs> By the way, Nucor's making that windmill steel and GE uses it. But there's a problem with wind. I keep coming back to it. Sometimes it's not windy. <laughs> that's that's the problem. That's the problem. Follow me in class. What's the problem with solar? It's been an issue in Europe. Yeah, 28% of the time in Germany, it's sunny. Well, how about the rest? Right, exactly. Although, I'm sure you saw the gas storage figures in Germany. They're 85% full in the middle of winter. That gas is back and bigger than ever. Now, I mean, there is a war. They were totally dependent on Russia. They had a chancellor who has not been hurt from one bit, who's from East Germany. And I'm just saying that they had a different view of the Russian government. And they're paying for it. Uh, if Mike Worth were over there, uh, 
they need a Mike. They need a spokesperson like Mike, who's a, who is really working so hard to decarbonize. Now, I think there'll be people say, oh, come on, what is he doing? Well, how about $10 billion? Yep, he's been on this very desk talking about that, that yeah. move, that I mean, initiative. I remember when his stock was downgraded because he's suddenly spending too much money decarbonizing. <laughs> what is he supposed to do? What he just, you know, well, Mark Benioff does 111. He gets 1% of the profits to it. You know, to charity. Yes. And Mike, maybe you could do that. If companies did that, it would be the world would be a better yeah. place. Yeah, we're in the middle of a huge, massive, decades-long transition. It's going to be choppy. It is. There's yeah. two grids. People realize there's two systems that we're developing in this country. There's one that is old, and it involves, you know, at least coal's no longer the biggest, but it's nuclear and it's not gas. And then there's a second, which is all, all renewable. Right. And the renewable costs a fortune. And is is cumbersome, and you need what's not, you know you need a, a base load. Uh, you can't just have it right. and expect that with the lights will go on. Exactly. Uh, some minimal chop here to open. Uh, we're holding forty sixty or so on the S and P VIX eighteen and a half. Let's get to oh. Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. You know, uh, it's quite remarkable that we're breaking that downtrend line that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now at 4060. And we're about to go positive on the S&P. We started the, the low print was just right after the open. Look at the sectors. I mean, yeah, the semis are weak. I mean, what do you want with Intel's down 10 percent? KLA 10 cores down uh, 6 percent. Uh, metals are a little bit weak, but they've had a huge rally on the China reopening. We're at the highest levels for the metal stocks since June or so yesterday. Uh, look, communication services up. Uh, Alphabet, Meta is up. Uh, discretionary is up. Tesla's up. Amazon's up. Uh, Target, Ford uh, are, are up. Uh, now, there are some losers, and we've been talking about some of the problems with the consumer names. So, yeah, Colgate's down about 4% at the open. It's got the same problem we talked about uh, with Kimberly Clark, with Procter & Gamble. Uh, and it's pretty simple. The prices are up. Uh, they're able to raise prices, but the volumes are down. So this points to problems if the consumer starts pushing back against the prices. Uh, we'll see what Clorox says uh, next week. They're going to report next Thursday, but I can't imagine this is going to be uh, that much different. So there's a lot of pressures here potentially on margin. The gross margin was a little bit weaker. The other one is Amex. I know Jim had a lot to say about it. I, I, I just want to point out a couple things here about it. Highest ever quarterly card member spending. That doesn't look like a dramatic slowdown in consumer spending. Credit metrics remain strong below pre-pandemic levels. So everybody says, oh, they got a billion dollars in provisions. You don't look at 2022 or 2021. You look at what was going on pre-pandemic. They're telling you that these these uh, these levels uh, for metrics are not that startling. Uh, so I see here, look, MX up. MasterCard came out and made some positive comments as well. Uh, I see Visa up here. Uh, I see new card issuance at Amex look pretty good. Uh, customers seem like they're still spending. Uh, and the credit provisions are up, but not compared to pre-pandemic. So this does not. And the guidance was good for Amex. That's why it's trading up. It's tra We're trading on the second half of the year. And the metrics here, the guidance seems to be pretty good uh, from Amex. MasterCard also said consumer spending has remained resilient here. So what we're seeing here overall is really strong technicals. I talked about the trader talk uh, this morning about this. When the fundamentals are confusing, active traders turn to technicals. We're breaking a long-term downtrend. Stocks are above uh, their 200-day moving average. The number above their 200-day are expanding. More stocks are advancing than declining in 2023. And it's equal. 
value and growth stocks are all up in 2023. This is a fairly strong technical rally. Yes, the earnings situation is kind of crummy, and we've been talking about it for two weeks now. Uh, the numbers are flat to down for the first half of the year. They've flattened all the numbers out, and it's all back-ended in the third and fourth quarter. It's probably looking at 3 or 4% earnings growth uh, on the year. But, Carl, the bottom line right now is the market is playing with a, at best, very shallow recession and anticipating an upturn in the second half of the year. Back to you. Uh, so, so well said, Bob. Thank you, uh, Bob Pisani. Uh, speaking of which, take a look at the bond report today. See how Treasuries are faring to some of the data that we got. Uh, once again, uh, core PCE year-on-year 4-4. Uh, was in line prior 4.7. That's the smallest rise since October of 2021. And with Amex at a, about a, what, eight-month high, uh, that recessionary debate oh, so is difficult. Uh, Dow's up 60. Don't go away. Jim, what's on Matt tonight? Got a couple of my favorites. Got Warehouser, which is just, just has a gigantic dividend, really interesting company. And then Rockwell, which is automating America. We know we needed to do that. Uh, you know, just traditional America, just great American business people. Uh, you're gonna excited for the games, both, I guess. Yeah, them. it's a really big deal. I'm, I'm not gonna say it's not. It's just a very big deal, and I love the Eagles so much. I love Howie Roseman, Coach Nick. There's just a lot of really great people. Hurts is terrific, but I totally respect the fact that the Niners put together an amazing team. It's gonna be great to watch. Oh, and it with is some be. of the ratings that have been coming in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, this is just gonna be a great uh, a battle. Too bad. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way, to Frank Wright to, for David Tepper. Yeah. Because uh, he's also a fabulous. I know that there's going to be there's some controversy, but I, it's great that he landed somewhere because he's so good. We'll be thinking of you Sunday. Uh, we'll see you Thank tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Mad it's money. It's a Philly thing. <laughs> 6 p.m. Eastern. When we come back, a lot more on Intel, reaction to the company's miss and guidance. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.